Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 178. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Chris Sneed. Chris, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, yeah, I got my helmet on, and we're ready to go. All right, great to have you here. Chris Sneed owns and operates Sneed Speed Shop in Pofftown, North Carolina, and Sneed for Speed, an online performance parts store. At his shop, he and his team focus on helping clients win championships in their race cars. The shop's services include body shop, mechanical support, dyno tuning, and parts manufacturing. One of their specialties is the Mini Cooper, and they race their own Mini. Chris and his brother have won 25 out of 29 races and three regional championships, along with multiple endurance races. He won three NASA championships in 2010 and 11, and raced in the World Challenge in 2013 and 14, where he won the Hard Charger Award in his first race on the streets of Houston. So Chris, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and of course your passion for automobiles that go really fast? <laughs> sure. Started the shop in 2003, and from there I'd always wanted to race cars, and I was into fast cars from a very early age. So the the shop just kind of made sense. It's something I always wanted to do. My mom had a drapery and blind shop, and I'd, I'd always wanted to be in business for myself. I worked for uh, Roy Hill Drag Racing for a little while and did professional drag racing and, and built engines for them and traveled on the road, so I got a, a first-hand view of what pro racing was like, and then, uh, and then I, I worked at a regular repair shop for a little while, too, before I started, started my business, but I've, uh, I've had businesses fixing stuff since I was about 12 years old. I had a bike shop, and then we then we fixed dirt bikes and stuff and lawnmowers and whatever was, uh, you know, in the neighborhood that people needed service. Sure. So we, it just kind of grew from that. You're then a serial entrepreneur, as I would call it, because you've been in business <laughs> for yourself since you were a little kid, which is absolutely fantastic. Your shop now, did it start as an all-encompassing all, all encompassing 
service provider that you do, or did you start in one area and then grow into the rest? Oh yeah, no, we we definitely have grown. The no, we started as a as a mechanical shop, strictly mechanical, and we did uh, performance and uh, regular repair work initially, just you know to pay the bills. And from there, we've uh, we've added the body shop and uh, and then the engine shop and so on. Started out in a, a thousand square foot storage unit uh, in 2003, and then we grew to uh, then we took over another storage unit, so we're 2,000 square feet the next year, and then then we moved to our current shop in 2005, 2006. So. It was uh, that was a big move because this shop's ten thousand square feet. So oh gosh, on, on an acre and a half. So it was a much. It was. It, it looked like we didn't have anything when we moved. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. And then you also have a website where you sell parts, and I understand you actually make some parts for people's cars as well. You know, I realized that there was a lot of stuff that we needed to be competitive uh, on the racetrack and stuff that that we couldn't buy or so we, we started making them ourselves and coming up with different solutions. And then people started, you know, our customers would come in and, and want us to make stuff for them that they couldn't buy. And then and we'd come up with other stuff and we just started selling it and it's just kind of grown from there. But we've always, we've been doing it since day one. We've been doing that kind of stuff. It just comes naturally. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. You guys are into Mini Coopers, although you sell parts for lots of different cars I saw on your website. But originally, you were into, I think, was it Mazdas originally? Yeah, originally, our niche was rotary motors. We started out with drag racing rotaries because that was where my background was and uh, in drag racing. And, you know, frankly, we needed a car that we could get into that was affordable, that had that was fast. We started racing rotaries. We realized there wasn't anybody else to work on them. So that was a natural line of business for us. And, and it, it worked pretty good. Rotaries are a very, very niche market, but we, we did pretty good on them. Though. What drove you, excuse the pun, to move over into the world of Mini Coopers? Well, when the Mini Cooper came out, you know, it was a big thing. And then uh, we actually had three Mini Coopers show up at the shop there right after we moved. So we had a guy that had a Miata. We built a motor for him because he knew we were, we were into Mazda. So we built a motor for his track Miata. And that was really our first experience with road racing. Um, I didn't really know anything about it. You know, we built the motor for him and tuned it and stuff. And, and he was like, I think you'd really like this, uh, this road racing. I think you'd really get a kick out of it. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it seems awful expensive, and and so he kept he kept on us, and uh, finally we went to VR for a uh, a Patriot course day that was like a, a modified autocross, and uh, I brought my RX7 convertible, <laughs> and it rained, and oh gosh, of, and kind of snowed, and it was it was generally miserable, and yeah. but but I was like completely hooked. Um, I haven't been. I haven't been to a then, Actually, I mean, it was it was awesome. You know, once we were there, and I was like, man, you could yep. you could drive for a long time, and there's, <laughs> and there's turns, and you know, and I mean, it's been out, and it was cool, and I mean, we just we had a blast. So from there, 
uh, we met some of Jay's friends that were up there, and they had they had two minis. They were actually uh, brother-in-laws, and they both had bought minis brand new in 2003, and they were they were kind of in the process of hopping them up and looking for people to help them with it because there wasn't a lot there wasn't a lot of support for the mini because it was so new. So Jay was like, "Hey, this guy." He built the motor for my Miata, you know, maybe you should talk to him, you know, he, he probably figured it out. So from there, we, you know, we started working on Joe and Frank's minis, and then we picked up another one. So there we had a, and we, we built a, a, built a Super Cooper, too, for a, a doctor out of Virginia. Um, nice. A couple of years later. So we had a lot of minis. We had a lot of minis there right at the beginning. Um, you know, because me, I, I bought one. I got rid of my RX-7 convertible because they kept blowing it up i got i got a little, I got a little greedy on the boost on a quest for more and more horsepower and i kept i kept snapping the uh the rotor housings the, the plates on the ends i would the the engine would torque and rotaries are, are like a stack plate design like you just mm-hmm. add plates to make it bigger and it would it would snap the dowel pins and crack the, the housings so I kept having to get housings, and then yeah, finally I just got tired of it. So, so and, and at that point, the minis were really a large section of our business, and the rotaries weren't. So it was kind of made sense to go that way. That's great. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. And this is a saying that has some meaning to you and your life and your career, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Chris, take the wheel. As far as the inspirational quote, I think probably the best one um, is that I've heard is that uh, to not pray for weaker lives or easier lives, but to pray to be stronger men. It's a great quote. How have you incorporated that into your business and your life and your passion for cars? When stuff gets hard, and, you know, you just got to keep you got to keep going. You know, there's always going to be struggles and stuff, especially when you're trying to grow and balance your business and your home life and all that other stuff that goes along with with just being in any business plus like going racing and all that kind of stuff well i love that quote it's a great quote would you share with me a story that instigated your passion for cars tell me about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy i was probably four or five when i was like really really into cars like i mean my dad jokes about it because my my parents aren't really into cars. We didn't have any fancy cars growing up or anything. We had minivans and station wagons and mm-hmm. and, a, and a pickup truck. You know, we used to go out to the lake. We had a sailboat, and we'd go out to the lake, and we'd drive through this junkyard on the way there. Yeah. And so every weekend, we drove through this junkyard that was on both sides of the road, and I'd sit in the back, and I'd look at all the cars and stuff, and I was like, man, those are cool, you know? So, <laughs> so then I tried to kiss so then I tried to convince my, my dad to come assist me. I was probably like, you know, seven at this point, to come assist me with taking an engine out of one of those cars and putting it into a go-kart. Oh, wow. And, but I didn't have a go-kart, you know, so <laughs> I needed everything. You know? yeah. I wasn't, we, we had no motorized vehicles at my house. They weren't cars. That was, that was the rule. They, they wouldn't get us anything that was motorized because they were afraid we'd hurt ourselves. And, I mean, and they're right. We would have, yeah. But, the, um, but yeah, so I never got that V eight powered go kart I wanted. <laughs> well, but, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did. I did try some, you know, after that. So, 
since I didn't have anything, I just started messing with other stuff. So I started messing with lawnmowers and tillers and like whatever anybody would give me that was broken. Sure. And then I'd, I'd try to try to fix it and stuff and and modify it because I couldn't, you know, I couldn't afford to buy any parts or anything. Yeah. Know? Yeah. In absolutely. Elementary school, so I uh, just started messing with stuff. But I was always into cars. Anything that makes noise, I was into. There you go. I had a guest on last week here at Cars, yeah, Nathan Adlin, who grew up in a family where their business was uh, junkyard cars in auto wrecking yard. And uh, imagine the fun he had as a kid wandering around his backyard looking for parts oh, yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah, envy him. That sounds like fun. That would be fun. Yeah. So, Chris, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, something you're not afraid of doing, and ask you to share with our listeners a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career or your life. But the most important part of this question is, how did you overcome that and what did you learn from it? Well, I guess the first thing that uh, in my, my real automotive career with cars was I got my license and my grandpa gave me a car and it was a, a 84 Buick Century that he had. And uh, he was like, well, you can have it, you know, and, and drive it and stuff. So it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, you know, it was, it was like cream beige with a velour top and <laughs> It, it was not a very cool car, but that wasn't going to stop me. So I, uh, I got it from him, and the shocks were so wore out that if you could hit, if you hit the brakes, that it would it would lift the back tires up a little bit, and they would lock before the front tires, so you could you could slide it around sideways, even though it was front wheel drive. <laughs> so, um, so we, I did that, and uh, I drove that. So that was day one. I got it in the afternoon. I drove it for a couple hours. And then the next morning, I was going to drive it to school, you know, because I was, like, super excited that I had a car. Yeah. And on the way to school, I saw my cousin and his pickup truck. And we got into a race Uh-oh. on there, and he was beating me. And I, I really didn't know a whole lot about cars at that point, but I knew that his truck had a four-cylinder, and my car had a six-cylinder, and my car should be faster. <laughs> so... I reached up there and yanked that sucker down into first gear, and I blew it all to pieces. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, so, so I had that car for, like, not very long. No. And so, so it, kept, it, kept, it kept running, though. And I drove it to school, but it was knocking really, really bad yeah. when I got to school. And I took it over to Autotech. I took it over there, and I was like, well, what's wrong with it? And they were like, <laughs> They were like, it's falling up. And yeah. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. So, so I drove it home, and I talked my dad into giving me 800 bucks to rebuild it. Uh-huh. And he was like, that's all I'm going to give you. And I was like, okay, cool. So I took it all to tech. So I took it apart. I ended up spending way more than 800 bucks on it, rebuilding the motor. So I had no idea what I was doing. I tried to put, like, you know, it's supposed to have six pistons, but I think I ended up buying 12 by the time <laughs> I had, like, broke them and stuff, trying to put them together. So I, so I spent two years rebuilding the engine on this Buick, and I got it all put back in and fired it up, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't hold any oil pressure. So I, uh, I rebuilt the oil pump and did all this stuff and kept messing with it and kept messing with it. And I finally got it where I thought it had oil pressure, and I fired it up. And it knocked the rod bearings out again. Oh, so it gosh. ran like <laughs> it ran like fifteen minutes total, 
and died. And I sold it to the junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my first lesson. Yeah, I'm guessing you learned an even more important lesson. Racing on the streets is not a good idea. <laughs> no, no, I definitely can't can't condone street racing. No, but, um, no. Oh, uh, gosh. We're, we're from the country, and we, we you know, but, the, uh, but yeah, that's how that, that's how that car blew up. Oh, when it goodness. blew up the second time, I was so disappointed. But I, I'd already, I found another car, so yeah. I had a, <laughs> I started on that one. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and ask you to share an aha moment you had with your career, a time when you realized that, you know what, I think this is really going to make it. And tell us a little bit about that aha moment in your life. You know, when we moved to the to the bigger shop and stuff, that was that was a big step. And, um, and then the the Mini Coopers showing up and and that kind of thing and really Joe and um, another guy that owns a business down from me that actually sold me this this building that I have, you know they they really pushed me to keep going when I was like oh, I don't want to do it anymore you know we don't have enough money they really pushed me and you know told me that they felt like I could do it and I just needed to stick with it and that, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever had like a oh yeah this is this is great but the um but yeah you know it was it just kind of started working you know we we we've learned a lot of little lessons you know we don't I don't believe in like a home run mentality we we do uh, we do base hits you know yeah we keep, yeah we keep churning them out well so much in business is not so much about a sprint it's a marathon. And you just yeah. have to kind of keep going, keep going. It's like an endurance race, you know. You don't you don't get up too high speed. You don't jammer down into first gear and blow up the motor. You just kind of stay steady. Steady goes the race. So that's fantastic. How about proudest moments? I'm sure you've had many in your business career, but is there one in particular? Maybe it's in your racing that stands out that you were really proud of. You know, the I'd say I really wanted to win a championship, and. uh we really chased that one. But I'd say the most fun one was we won the uh, the Enduro overall championship, and we were only in the, the second highest class. So there there's five classes, and we were one from the bottom. And we managed to win the overall championship in 2011 by like three points or something over a guy that was two classes above us. And that, that was pretty cool. Wow. Was like, man. But that, that was really cool. Well, congratulations. That's great. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Could you tell me about your first really special car? I'm figuring it's not that Buick. There's probably something else here in the story. And maybe share a memory that you had with that vehicle. I'd say my first really special car was the uh, was the Audi I bought from uh, my buddy's parents. It was broke, and they were going to get rid of it. They were going to give it away. So. I bought it from them for 75 bucks and <laughs> I got it running in their driveway so I could get it home and I got it home and I fixed it and stuff. And I drove that car for, for a couple of years. It was, it was an Audi 4000 and, uh, you know, it had a five speed and sunroof and stuff. So it, it was still a four door cause I was, I was not allowed to have any two door cars, but it was fast and it, handled good and stuff so i was really into that one Very. That, was, that was my first, that was the first car that was really mine there you go how about seller's remorse is there a vehicle you've had in your garage that you've sold that you really wish you could get back i mean some of those rx7s i had have gotten pretty valuable now but you know i don't i don't know i, I don't know if i'd go back you know uh-huh. i look at them on, i look at them on ebay now and i found one 
it's just like the silver first gen RX7 I had, and it's like eight thousand dollars now. And I used to buy those cars for fifty bucks, hundred bucks <laughs> all day. Yeah. I mean, I had thirteen at one point. Oh my gosh. And I've had probably forty RX7s. Oh my goodness. I mean, that, my turbo convertible that I built was pretty cool. That was that was a really fun car. That was that was a really fast car, yeah. and it was that was a good one, but. I'm more interested in what's next, you know, than going back. There you go. I like that mentality. My mom had the first generation RX-7, and I was in uh, a senior in high school, first year of college, and I always used to, oh, let me drive your car. It's so cool. It was just something so new and so unique. So how about current projects? Is there something you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? I mean, we've always got a lot of projects going on at the shop. There's We're doing an Eleanor um, we're restoring a, a pickup truck. We've got a portion, uh, 911, 72 911 in a full restoration. So there's always, I mean, that kind of stuff is, I really, um, I really enjoy seeing them progress and that kind of stuff. Uh, my favorite part in now is developing the products and, and racing them, trying them out. And we take the aero parts to the wind tunnel and we take all our parts to the track and then put them on the streetcars and drive them around and make sure they work before we, uh, before we release them. And that stuff really gets me excited. We just did the, uh, we just did an M3 air kit, an STI air kit, and a Mini Cooper air kit in the wind tunnel, uh, in December. So Very we're cool. still working through the data on that. So that, that stuff I really enjoy. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to racing some this year. Awesome. Now here's a fun question for you, Chris. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Oh man. If I was a car, what kind of what kind of car would I be? Yeah. I'd probably be like a SS El Camino, you know. And why is I that? Like pickup trucks, but I, I like pickup trucks and I have like stuff I need to haul, but I like to go fast. You know? <laughs> I like that. So yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's probably not the car I would choose to drive, but no, it's no. probably the car I am. <laughs> well, that's why I asked the question that way. It always brings out some interesting responses rather than just, well, what do you want to be? It's more of how you perceive yourself. So I think you answered that pretty honestly. I like that. So, Chris, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yow listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free Filler Up book today at Cars Yeah. All right, Chris, welcome back, and we're entering the last lap, and you're a racer. You know what that means. The white flag is out. Oh, yeah. It's time to get going, buddy. We're almost to the end, and this is where I'm going to ask you some questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? All right. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Check to make sure it's got gas in it. <laughs> now, that's pretty simple and easy, but... But very important, absolutely. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? I don't, I don't know. I'm sure somebody else would have something. But, <laughs> um, you know, I just, I just keep, keep going. I try to be honest. I would say it would be the, 
you know, even if sometimes you end up hurting people's feelings, you, yeah. you need to be honest. Honest perseverance. I like that. Do you have a resource that you could share with our listeners that you're really fond of? I, I realize there are a lot of them out there, but perhaps a website you really enjoy, a supplier that has treated you well. Maybe it's a person, a phone app. A resource that my mom, you know, I don't think everybody should call her, but she's been a pretty good resource for me. <laughs> there you go. Give Chris's mom a call if you need some help. <laughs> we'll put her phone, her phone number up on the show notes page. <laughs> She may hurt your feelings, but she'll give you good advice. She'll be honest. what you want to hear. I like that. That's great. That's the first time mom's been mentioned, and mom should be mentioned all the time. How about books? Is there a book that you've read that you've really enjoyed that you think that our listeners should get their hands on? If you haven't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's a really good book about um, a very simplified way to look at assets and liabilities in your personal life and in, in business and it was a really good one that I read uh, a long time ago that, that definitely had an effect on how I looked at that kind of stuff, you know, and, and that one was really good. And I, I'd say that's probably the foundation. Yeah, all of his books are great. And I read his original book way, way back, and it does give you a different perspective on how you should think about your assets, your business, your life, and how to approach things. So that's a great one. So, Chris... We'll make sure that all these resources that you've shared with us are up on your show notes page at carsyad.com slash Chris Sneed. All right, Chris, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. I'm real interested in how you're going to answer this one. If you could only have one collector car, and I'll add or one race car in your garage, what would that vehicle be and why? Oh, man, and if I could only have one car... And I'm going to, I'll add, I'm going to buy you whatever you want. So don't worry about the cost because I'm paying for it today, okay? I'd say it'd probably be a Cobra, I guess, a Shelby Cobra. Okay. Um, But I would definitely have to update it some because those cars <laughs> are extremely uncomfortable otherwise. But yeah, I mean, those things, I just love the way they look and I, I love convertibles. And, you know, so I don't, I wouldn't want like a, a real one, you know. I'd want one like maybe one of those factory five ones that I could build and and work on and kind of make my own. But yeah, I just love the way I just love the way that car looks. It's 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 such a sexy car. That's a great answer, Chris. You've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. I've had so much fun getting to know you. Would you give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off down the track in that Shelby Cobra? <laughs> I'd say that, you know, probably you just need to stay with it. You know, whatever you want to do, you you got to do it 100%. Yep, just perseverance, as you said before, honest perseverance. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your businesses? Um, probably the easy way to do it is to go to sneedforspeed.com and then all everything's on the website, um, contact information. There's a whole page about the shop, specifically what we do here and all that kind of stuff. And then all the parts we make is obviously there too. Great. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything Chris has shared with us again today at carsyad.com slash Chris Sneed. And his last name is spelled S-N-E-E-D. Chris, thank you for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for taking us on a fast ride around your life. I really appreciate spending some time with you today. Until we talk again, 
I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you. Take it easy. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.